Welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. I'm Mark Betancourt. The increasingly uneven distribution of wealth has become one of the most controversial economic issues of recent times. French economist Thomas Piketty has made a significant contribution to this debate with a recently published 700-page tome, which is currently one of the best-selling books in the world. Capital in the 21st Century uses tax returns from the U.S., U.K., and France, covering hundreds of years, to try to explain the forces that drive inequality. The book has been hailed as one of the most important economic works in decades, partly because it lays out a fundamentally new way of looking at wealth and its distribution. Piketty argues that inequality emerges not so much because some people make more income than others, but because the returns on capital outpace the returns on economic growth. Speaking with him earlier, I asked, why write a book about inequality now? You know, I think by and large, uh, the issue of distribution of income and wealth has been at the center of economic thought forever. What's new is that now we can we have more evidence. You know, for a long time, um, uh, there was no measurement of uh, of GDP, you know, until the 19th century. Then in the 20th century, we introduced the measurement of GDP so that we could measure aggregate economic growth uh, at a different country. And now we have more and more data to measure, you know, actually who benefits from this growth. And at least having better evidence, you know, maybe can help, uh, you know, uh, uh, various societies uh, to, to, to focus on the, the right questions and to have a sort of more informed uh, democratic debate on inequality. So what do you see in all this this new data? What are the major findings? One, one of the lessons is that, you know, there's no uh, single deterministic force that should go in one direction or the other direction. You know, there are forces going in the direction of uh, reducing uh, uh, inequality, uh, uh, such as, uh, you know, the diffusion of skills and knowledge uh, between countries or within countries. Uh, for instance, you know, the fact that uh, emerging countries right now are catching up with uh, with richer countries. You know, this is a force that's pushing in the uh, reduction of inequality. And there are also forces that are going in the direction of rising inequality. And in particular, uh, the, the comparison between the rate of return to capital and the growth rate, uh, you know, is one powerful force that can possibly push uh, toward rising inequality uh, in the future. So that works basically that the people who already own uh, the capital uh, are able to make money a lot faster than the people who are just having to earn it through labor. Is that is that right? Yes. When when the rate of return to wealth is higher than the growth rate, you know, it's it's it means that the initial inequalities of wealth will tend to be amplified. So it's better to start with something. With one percent growth rate, you know, it's much more difficult if you start with zero to enter the wealth accumulation, and it's much better if you start with something. Okay, so the higher uh, the differential between the rate of return and the growth rate, the higher the level of wealth concentration uh, in the long run. Now, wealth is partly the consequences of uh, accumulation of saving out of income. So, of course, there is a strong interplay between the two. But it's, it's more complicated than that because you also have inherited wealth. And I you know, try to understand under what conditions you know, there will be a large return of inherited wealth in the in the century to come uh, growth large growth and and in particular large population growth uh, can limit 
uh, you know, the importance of, of the wealth that was accumulated in the past, because, you know, if, if the economy is a lot larger today than it was a generation ago, then, you know, the, the wealth that was accumulated a generation ago is not so important as compared to what you can save today out of your own uh, income. And, and you have the opposite effect when you have diminishing growth as, as we have today. So, you know, if you have a very limited population growth or even a population decline, which uh, apparently we are going to have in a number of countries, then, you know, relative, the relative importance of inheritance flow as compared to annual uh, new income and, and new labor income in particular uh, can, can get really, uh, really enormous. So, and, and this is one central uh, explanation as to why uh, in the past few decades and probably uh, in the future we again have a rate of return to capital that's higher than the growth rate which tends to push toward uh, a very high uh, concentration uh, of wealth. So you're describing the amplifying effects of simply having capital to begin with. What impact does that have on people who don't already have capital? And what recommendations would you have for leveling the playing field? Well, this, this is what explains the very low share of national wealth going to the, you know, the bottom groups in society. So typically the bottom 50% in pretty much every country has you know, almost no wealth. And, and this is particularly true uh, today. And you know, I think access to, to wealth uh, you know, is, is important for the working of our uh, democratic institution. And you know, it's, it's important to design uh, our uh, tax system in particular so as to facilitate uh, you know, wealth accumulation and wealth mobility for people uh, starting from uh, from very little. So, you know, the education system is very important to make sure that people get jobs and get the right skills and get get right wages. But, you know, that might not be sufficient. Uh, if you want to uh, spread wealth, uh, you know, the, the tax system is also uh, very important. So you're talking about actually sort of reducing the amount of wealth that the, the top 1% has through taxation. The, the primary objective is really to increase wealth mobility. So it's not so much, the problem is not to destroy the wealth of the wealthy. The problem is to increase the wealth of the, of the, of the, of the middle class and of the poor groups in society. So, you know, it's important to look at both sides of the, of the, of the equation. You know, the problem is not to increase capital tax globally. You know, it's more to, to make it more progressive, you know, to reduce it at the bottom. And, you know, the bottom is actually most of the population, you know, because the bottom 90%, uh, you know, even in developed countries have very little wealth. Uh, and to raise it on people who have, uh, you know, dozens of millions or sometimes billions and whose wealth is, uh, you know, has been rising uh, two or three times as fast as the size uh, of the economy uh, for the past three decades. Your book is obviously incredibly important. A lot of people are talking about it like it'll sort of have the same sort of effect as as the, the other major tomes of economics that have happened over the last century or even longer. How does it feel to be described as a rock star economist that, that is going to have that kind of impact? You know, the main purpose is to try to to um, to help people realize that, you know, economics uh, belong to, to every one of us. You know, it's not a, a topic that should be left to, to, uh, to economists. And, you know, if this book has this kind of impact, then I will be uh, uh, extremely uh, happy. That was economist Thomas Piketty discussing his ambitions for his recently published book, Capital in the 21st Century. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more like this 
on www.soundcloud.com forward slash IMF dash podcasts.